Welcome to She Decided to Run Her Way, a podcast created for the aspiring female runner or one in the making who is ready to let go of the pressure to perform, quit chasing someone else's pace, and start embracing her own. My name is Pamela Otero, a certified running coach and personal trainer, and each week I'll be sharing practical running strategies and mindset shifts to help you do just that. So, if you're ready to run your way, then grab your running shoes, lace up, and listen in. Well, hey there. Thanks for joining me today on the podcast. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you are excited, just like I am, to talk about stretching. Today, I'm going to be talking with you about how to create a simple and efficient stretching routine before and after your runs and why you don't want to skip out on it. Nope, nope, nope. We do not want to skip out on our stretching routine. And many of you listening in right now, you probably have been. So hopefully after listening to what I have to share with you today, you will think twice about skipping out on that post-run specifically stretching routine. Um, Sometimes, folks, it's easier for them to get in a a pretty quick stretching routine before their run, but right after they're done, they just want to hop in their car or they got to jump in the shower and get on their way. So if you are one of those people, hang with me because I am going to talk with you today about some practical, applicable, and more than anything, impactful steps that you can take to create that simple and efficient stretching routine. Now, before you say, I know, I know, I need to stretch more, but I just don't have time, I get it, please hang with me because I'm all about making things easy and saving time. I do not like to waste time. I like to be as efficient as possible. And so I know you're managing all the things and you too are also constantly stretched for time. So I'm going to keep the routine simple and efficient so that you can target as many running muscles as possible with as few stretches as possible all at once. So I want to first explain to you why you should even stretch in the first place, because some people are really confused as to why stretching is important. And I also want to clear up any confusion you might have about the different types of stretches out there. A lot of runners and a lot of people in fitness or that work out, they get really confused as to what type of stretches they should do, when they should do them, how they should do them. And so I'm going to go over that today as well. So why should you stretch? What the heck is the benefit to you as a runner um, or a soon-to-be runner? If you are someone listening in and you haven't yet jumped into the deep end yet and got running, but you want to get into running and become a runner, um, why is it important? What's How is it going to benefit you when you're running? So right off the bat, Three things that I feel stretching helps the most with specifically for runners is it improves your running form and it improves your recovery while preventing injury. And who doesn't want all three of those things, right? I want to improve my running form. I want to increase my recovery and I want to stay running and I want to prevent injuries and stretching helps with those three things as well as many other things. But for me, Those, I think, are the three top reasons I think stretching is critical in your training plan. So how exactly does stretching do that? 
Well, if we're going to, if we're talking about stretching before runs, and actually I want to start talking first about stretching before um, your runs and the benefits to you, you know, stretching helps to warm up your body. It helps to increase your body temperature. And if you are somebody that lives in colder parts of the world, or you're running in colder running months, you know, your body temperature, you know, um, it's cold outside and you really want to increase that body temperature. So warming up and stretching before a run is going to help with that. It's also going to help increase that blood flow throughout the body. When um, our blood vessels dilate, it actually allows more oxygen to get to our muscles and our muscles need oxygen in order to perform work in order to actually perform the physical activity of running. And so stretching before your runs is really going to help prepare your body for that movement, increase your body temperature, get that blood flowing, get that oxygen kind of nicely flowing to your muscles. Now, before a run, especially if you're someone that does your morning runs, um, does your runs early in the morning, because that's, you know, the only time that you can get them in, your body is probably a bit more stiff and needs to ease into its activity first thing in the morning. And if you're anyone like me, as I get older, you know, my body is just a little bit more cranky in the morning. It's a little bit more stiff and it takes me just a little bit longer to find my groove and to get moving. So performing some stretches before your run is really going to help kind of um, loosen you up and um, get that stiffness kind of falling away. Now, I do recommend before getting into a run, I walk for five to 10 minutes. Lately, it's been 10 minutes. Um, so I walk for five to 10 minutes before I get into my run. So with stretching, you can either choose to do some of the stretches that I'm going to be sharing with you here in a bit um, before that five-minute walk, or you can do your five-minute warm-up walk, then do some of the stretches that I'll be talking with you about, and then get into your run. But the main reason or some of the specific details of why we want to stretch before our run, like I mentioned, that increased body temperature, that increased blood flow, that increased oxygenation to your working muscles, but also it helps to lubricate your joints before starting your run. And our joints really need some nourishment. They really need to be lubricated with what's called synovial fluid. And by moving and stretching in a specific way before your runs, it's really going to help, you know, get those joints nice and lubricated. And I kind of like um, thinking of WD-40 and hinges on a car door. Just think of the hinges on a car door are our joints and the WD-40 is that lubrication. And if we don't want those hinges to be stiff and cranky, it's really important that we lubricate them. And so that's what we want to do for our joints to keep them healthy and to kind of get them woken up and get them moving properly to help you with your running. So thinking of your joints as hinges, those hinges need to move through their full range of motion so that your muscles and all the other connective tissue in your body, and for those of you that aren't familiar, connective tissue is muscles, it is our tendons, our ligaments, our joints, um, that's, you know, all of that is connective tissue fascia, but those joints need to move through their full range of motion so that your muscles and that other connective tissue 
can work efficiently when you run. And you want to have all your muscles engaged and actively involved in helping you to literally run. And so another benefit to stretching before a run is also tending, um, giving that, um, giving your joints some um, lubrication, giving them some nourishment so that they can then facilitate and help all that other connective tissue and specifically your muscles to actively get involved in helping you running. And that's going to impact your running form if your joints are really stiff. So restricted and stiff joints, they're just not able to move properly. And tight muscles um, aren't prepared for the force and the impact you're about to place on them um, when you're running. And so you're also more susceptible to injury. So before we get into our run, we don't want to have you know, stiffness in our joints. We don't want to be restricted in um, our muscles' ability to actually um, activate and be turned on and help us run. And so we also don't want to put added force and stress on stiff joints and tight muscles and force them to kind of move through a movement with our running when they're stiff and when they're tight, because that sets us up for possible injury. So You know, we need our muscles to contract and relax efficiently as we run and the ability for those muscles to do that. It's directly, it impacts your running power, how strong and powerful you are on maybe some uphill running that you're doing, as well as just in general, your running form. So we want to make sure those muscles are able to contract and relax efficiently and our joints help those muscles do that. So Like for example, I'll give you an example of, you know, hamstrings that are super tight. If you are someone that's ever had super tight hamstrings, you probably know it's really hard when you're running through that running gait cycle as you extend that leg out to get your foot out in front of you, you lengthen that hamstring muscle. And when that hamstring muscle is tight, you know, um, the hamstring is, is the muscle on the upper leg behind um, your leg. And when you're running, you need to extend that leg out to get your foot out in front of you. And if that hamstring is tight, not only is it at risk of getting strained or pulled when you kind of extend it out, it sometimes um, is forced into that extension um, because you're just in the mode of running and you're not really being intentional and, and connected to how your body feels. And so you might be forcing that extension with that hamstring when it's super tight, not only compromising your stride because you have a tight hamstring, but you're also going to be asking other muscle groups to kind of jump in and work harder to compensate for that tight hamstring. So, um, and then when you have to recruit other muscle groups to help pick up the slack of a tight hamstring, then those muscles get overstressed and fatigued and they're not able to perform, you know, the job that they need to perform. So it's like this trickle effect right? Like I said, um, muscles do need to contract and relax efficiently and tight muscles are not a good thing. And when they're tight, they're not prepared for the force and impact that just comes with running. Running is a high impact activity. And so when we put that pressure and stress on our body, we want to just make sure we're, we're loose and relaxed and um, we're able to move through our range of motion at the joint and we're able to extend um, 
and shorten, you know, the muscles that are needed for running. So, you know, when it comes to stretching, um, before your runs, those are really all the benefits to you as a runner. Like I said, it's going to just help you one to loosen up, to relax, to feel better, not be so tight and restricted, you know, but it's also going to protect your body from injury and just make sure that they are working the way that they should work efficiently. So that's a little bit about, you know, the benefits of stretching before run. Now, when it comes to stretching after your runs, all of those things still apply that I mentioned to you, but after your runs, it's important because you want to improve and increase the flexibility of your muscles and increase the length of your muscles when they are already warmed up. You know, so that's the other thing, jumping back to stretching before a run. We don't want to break out into an activity with muscles that are cold, with joints that are stiff and tight, right? We want our muscles and everything to be warmed up. And so doing specific types of stretches after a run that I'll be talking about, um, it's really important for you because it's going to improve and increase that flexibility of your muscles. It's going to increase the length of those muscles when they're already warmed up after you've done your run. And then that's going to contribute to keeping those joints healthy for you know the long term. And again, our joints ability to move through its full range of motion, you know, at a later date for another run or another type of workout is really important to the overall health of your running and the overall health of your fitness. So, you know, stretching after our runs is important for the muscles, for lengthening the muscles, for improving and increasing flexibility, flexibility, but also when you run, um, and you're either increasing your distance possibly over time, or you're increasing the intensity in some way with your run, whether it's downhill running or uphill running, you know, it is completely normal on our runs when we are pushing our body a little bit outside its comfort zone by either, like I said, increasing the distance or increasing the intensity that we create these micro tears in, um, our muscle tissue fibers. It's completely normal. We're basically breaking down our muscle tissue when we push our body, you know, beyond what it's already, you know, kind of been used to doing. And you're asking your body to do more. You're asking your body to perform more work and to take on more impact and stress. You know, exercise, regardless of the type of exercise, it is still stress on your body. It's a good stress when we do it, you know, intentionally, when we do it um, in the right amounts. Um, and we don't overdo it, but it is stress. So gently stretching those muscles after a workout are going to help get that good blood flow. Like I mentioned before, get that good blood flow to those areas, to those muscle fibers that have been broken down that are inflamed. I mean, that's just part of the process and we want to get some good blood flow to those areas, um, so that we can get that oxygen, we can get the blood flowing, we can get that healing process to start, you know, kicking in. And so um, again, normal micro tears in the muscle tissue is normal. Um, obviously, not a significant overstressing of the body and not a significant amount of tears. When you've pushed too hard, you've done too much, and you create this soreness and, you know, this really kind of painful, um, you know, muscle ache, you you could have possibly 
stressed the muscles too much and done too much. And that's where recovery, you know, a significant amount of recovery is going to be critical just to allow the body to heal and repair. If you've by chance pushed it a little bit more than you probably should have. But in general, when we do push our body, we do create those micro tears in the muscle fibers and um, they do get inflamed in those areas. And we want some really good blood flow going to those areas um, to help facilitate that healing of that tissue. And so the other reason why we want to stretch after a run is there are some other fibers, muscle fibers in our body, various types of connective tissue like cartilage and tendons and bones and ligaments and all of that that we want to kind of realign and stretching a specific way after a run, it does help to realign those muscle fibers, those other types of connective tissues. So when it, when you think about stretching, you know, after a run and really before a run as well, I want you to really think about improved blood flow, improved oxygenation and healing of your connective tissue, which are your muscles, your joints, your tendons and ligaments, like I said, while also removing any metabolic waste that you've built up during your run. It's normal to build up waste in our body. Carbon dioxide is a type of waste. Um, lactic acid, it's really blood lactate that's in the, in the blood um, that is built up. You know, and so we want to also remove that waste from our body and from our muscles and stretching after a run helps with that as well. So all of this is super important to help you prevent injury, but also to help with recovery and help with healing after a run. So now that you know why stretching is so important, I would love to move on to, you know, you know, clearing up any confusion you might have on what types of stretching there is and when you should do them. Now, there are three types of stretching today that I'm going to be talking about, but I want you to know that there are a couple other types of stretching. I'm specifically today going to be talking with you about active isolated stretching, dynamic stretching, and static stretching. And like I said, there are some other types of I wouldn't necessarily call them stretching, which is why I don't want to talk with you about them in this episode, because they're not really traditional forms of stretching. But for those of you that have heard of muscle scraping or trigger point massage, um, those are other things that I'll talk about in future episodes. Um, know that they are very valuable recovery routines, and they're very beneficial to you as a runner. But today I'm going to be talking with you about active isolated stretching, dynamic stretching, and static stretching. And so I'm going to briefly go through what each of those um, types of stretching are, and then I'll get into you know the difference and suggestions on types of those stretches you can do and when you should do them. So active isolated stretching is basically a continuous, gradual stretching of a muscle that is relaxed to a point of very, very light irritation. And it's not held for more than two seconds. So I'm going to talk with you about dynamic stretching here in a bit and static stretching, but um, I like to think of active, isolated stretching as a little bit of dynamic stretching and a little bit of static stretching. Um, but you know, it's recommended to be done. You can do active isolated stretching before a run or after a run. And, um, 
the, the key with active isolated. So think about that. They're kind of like opposing words. Active is moving and isolated is kind of holding. So an active idle isolated stretch is where you are moving through a stretch with a relaxed muscle to a point of a little bit of tension and irritation, but you're not holding it for more than two seconds. And that's very different than like static stretching that we'll talk about where you're holding that for 15, 30, 45 seconds. So I specifically like to do three to four active isolated stretches um, specifically right when I get out of bed. I'm going to explain to you what those exercises are in a bit, but I like to do active isolated stretching right when I get out of bed or before any strength workout that I do to just gently warm up my spine, specifically my lumbar spine, warm up my pelvis and warm up my SI joints. And so that's generally when I do activated, um, active isolated stretching, excuse me. And I, I go through about three or four exercises and I'll explain that in a bit. Now, dynamic stretching, dynamic stretching is a stretch with slow movement. You are moving, you're progressively increasing the range of motion through that movement. So the movement by, might be kind of small and then it kind of builds and it gets a little bit bigger. Um, and so your range of motion increases as you repeat the movement. So these slow dynamic stretches, again, help warm up the body. Like I mentioned, increase body temperature, increase that blood flow, and just prepare your body to move. And dynamic stretching, it's recommended. I recommend you can do dynamic before and after a run. Okay, so I want you to kind of, I'm going to come back really quick. I'm going to repeat what I said about active isolated stretching. I want you to listen in here. If you are wandering off, if you are multitasking, come back to me, listen in here for a bit. With active isolated stretching, you can do those stretches before or after. With dynamic stretching, you can do those stretches before or after. But when we get into static stretching, static stretching, you only want to do after a run. You do not want to do static stretching before. And so, like I said, there are times that I will do dynamic stretching before and after, and I'll explain um, which ones I like to do after a run. Um, but when it comes to static stretching, what that is, is basically you are relaxing the muscle, you're stretching it, and then you're holding it in the final position for a given amount of time. And usually... Um, it's recommended that you hold that stretch for a good 15 to 30 to 45 seconds. Okay. Static stretch stretching has been known to increase range of motion. And whenever we're talking about range of motion, we're talking about a joint. And so we really want to increase the range of motion that our joint is able to do. And we want to try and get that range to its maximum ability. So holding a static stretch after a run is really going to help increase that range of motion, increase the health of that joint. Um, and you really want to hold those types of stretches for anywhere from 15 to 45 seconds. Now, the key here with static stretching and actually any type of stretching is you always want to make sure that you are not experiencing any pain. 
Stretching should not be painful. It might be a little uncomfortable and you might feel a little bit tight, but there's a big difference between uncomfortable, like discomfort and tightness and pain. If ever you feel any pain when you're stretching, you want to either stop that altogether or you want to kind of pull back um, out of that stretch until the pain is gone. You might be stretching just a little too far and um, stretching that muscle um, when it's not quite ready to like lengthen that much. And so you want to pull back and make sure you don't feel any pain with your stretching. Now, static stretching, there are specific exercises and stretches that we do. But for those of you that love yoga, and I've mentioned this in a previous episode, I love yin and restorative yoga for runners. And Yin and restorative yoga is another form of stretching and it's another form of static stretching because when you're doing those types of yoga classes, you're holding certain yoga poses for anywhere from two to six minutes. So you're holding them for a pretty long time and, you know, doing that allows for a real, you know, deeper opening, a deeper stretching of those muscles. And there's all sorts of other benefits to yin and restorative yoga that I will chat with you about in a future episode and specifically just about yin and restorative yoga and those benefits. But, you know, I do like to include yin and restorative yoga as types of static stretching because you are holding the stretches for quite some time. Now, you know, that's just the rundown of what active isolated dynamic and static stretching are. And um, I want to now get into helping you create a really simple, I mean, five to 10 minute pre-run and post-run stretching routine and give you some suggestions on what exercises I think you should get started with. And I promise you don't have to spend a lot of time. If you're very focused and intentional with your stretching before and after your run, you can get it done in five to 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be this extensive process. Um, now, the quickest and easiest way to get your stretching done is to do it immediately after your run, when we're talking about static stretching. If you can get it done right after your run, that is gonna be the best because if you are anyone like me, you know, I'll say I'm going to stretch when I get home. If I have to drive to a particular location to do my run, I'll say, oh, I'll stretch when I get home. And lo and behold, when I get home, I move into doing a hundred other things, jumping in the shower, or my kids might be asking me to help them with things. And then that window, that opportunity to stretch has just kind of passed. So I'm going to give you some suggestions on some stretches you can do right after your run. And if you are going for a run from your home and you don't really have a quiet space in your home when you get back from your run, I would suggest you do it out in the driveway, on the porch. Just get these stretches done before you walk through that door and before your attention gets pulled elsewhere. But also if you have to drive to a location to run, you can do these um, exercises, these stretches I'm going to suggest. You can do them right at your car, right in the parking lot, um, right there once you're done. So what specific stretches should you do? I'm going to go through the order of these stretches, just like I did in explaining the different types of stretching. So I'm going to talk with you a little bit about some active isolated 
go-to stretches that I like to do. And then I'll talk about some dynamic stretches and then I'll talk about some static stretches and I'm going to keep it very simple. I'm going to keep it to about three exercises per type of stretching. So the three active isolated go-tos that I do before I leave my house for a run, like I said, first thing when I wake up or Um, I do these before I get into a strength workout and actually with, you know, members in the runner's lounge, I have a membership of um, runners that are a part of the runner's lounge where I um, lead them through um, live stream um, strength and conditioning classes specific for runners. We always start out our strength and conditioning classes with um, some active isolated Um, stretches, then we move into a few dynamic stretches, then we get into our workout. And then after our workout, we close out, you know, the live stream class with some static stretches. And so that static stretching routine is a little bit longer. And I use some tools um, for running specifically. And what I'll be sharing with you, you won't need any tools. So For the active isolated go-to stretches that I do, like I mentioned, um, some of you might be familiar with some yoga poses. Um, Some of these are yoga poses and they're fantastic for you as a runner. If you're familiar with cat-cow, some people call it cat-camel pose, um, that is the first stretch I do. And so for those of you that are not familiar, I'm going to kind of do my best to walk you through what this is. So you may want to come back to this episode Um, If you can, if you're multitasking, if you're driving and maybe find some time to kind of listen in again and then practice going through just my verbal cues of how to do these and practice doing them. But a cat cow or a cat camel is a stretch that you want to do in um, a tabletop position. So you're basically on your hands and knees. I like to always make sure my wrists are stacked underneath my shoulders and my knees are stacked underneath my hips. And so what you're doing is you're moving through this motion of a cat. You're pulling, um, rounding out your back, tucking your chin towards your belly and creating this kind of cat-like stretch with your back. And what I like to do when I come into cat, I like to imagine that I'm blowing out a big cake with a ton of candles. So I exhale on the cat um, movement And then when I move into cow, that's when you drop your belly, you kind of look up towards the ceiling, you kind of hyperextend that back, that's cow or camel. I slowly inhale through my nose and I always connect my breath with both of these movements. So as I'm going into cat, I'm exhaling. As I'm going into cow or camel, I'm inhaling. And I move through this movement um, or this cat-cow movement about 10 times, so 10 reps making sure you're connecting your breath. Now, the nice thing about cat and cow in this active isolated stretch is if you are somebody that has low back pain or you've had previous back injuries, you're really gonna wanna do these active isolated stretches before your run to really help open up the lumbar spine, um, really open up, um, getting some blood flow to the vertebrae. And so um, I really think that, you know, doing these cat cows and the other two that I'm going to explain to you specifically if you're somebody that has low back pain or back, you've had previous back injuries. Um, you really want to get some blood flow gently to get movement to the spine and movement to, um, you know, that whole backside of you. 
So cat cow is the first one. The next one is tabletop to child's pose. So again, you're still in that same tabletop position that you were in with cat cow, but you're going to kind of gradually move through tabletop into child's pose. And so again, you're going to connect your breath to each of those movements. If you're not familiar with what child's pose is, if you're in tabletop, so you're on your hands and knees, you're going to drop your butt back towards your heels. You're going to walk your hands out all the way in front of you and drop kind of like your forehead on the mat. And so that is child's pose. You're going to be extending your spine, opening up that low back, but you only stay there again, because these are active isolated. You're only staying in each of those positions for no more than two seconds. So you kind of move into that child's pose, hang there for a couple seconds. Then you move back into that tabletop and then you move back into the child's pose. So you're kind of going in and out of both tabletop and child's pose. And I like to do about five to 10 reps of those. Again, they're great for the spine. Um, I just really, it kind of relaxes me a little bit, wakes me up a little bit. It's just a really nice um, stretch prior to even, you know, going in and driving to my run if, if I'm gonna be doing that. Now, the third active isolated go-to that I would suggest you um, incorporate is tabletop tail wags. So again, you're in tabletop. All three of these are in tabletop, so it's pretty easy. On your um, hands and knees, again, wrist stacked under the shoulders, knees stacked under your um, hips. And so you're gonna wag your tail. You're gonna move your hips kind of right to left. And before you get into tabletop to tail wags or tabletop tail wags, say that fast, um, you first want to do a slight pelvic tilt before you start that wagging tail motion. And really what that's going to do is kind of help set your um, lumbar spine and your SI joints in a really good position because this tail wag specifically helps to kind of open up and lubricate your SI joints. So you want to do about 10 of these. And as you're wagging your tail, I like to kind of look back to the right when I'm you know, moving my hip on the right side. And then I look back to the left when um, I'm moving my hip to the left side and just kind of wag your tail gently breathing and do that about 10 times to really lubricate your SI joints. And again, just to continue to open up that lumbar spine. So those are the three go-tos that I would recommend you start with. And I wanna jump into the dynamic stretching go-tos that I like to do. There are tons and tons of dynamic stretches that you can do, but to get started, here are three that I'm going to share with you that really, like I said, I like to be very efficient. So I want to target as many muscle groups as possible in a short amount of time. Okay. So these three exercises you can do right before your run, either before your five minute warm up or after your five minute warm up walk, but before your run. So, you know, the three are alternating high knee hugs. Um, the other one is traveling toy soldiers. And the third one is a forward facing pendulum swing. And I'm going to go through what each of these are doing my best to verbally explain what they are, but, um, alternating high knees are going to target the hip joints, the knee joints, the glute muscles, and the low back. So with that one dynamic stretch, you're really hitting a lot of areas, which is great. And you're hitting the muscles and the joints, which is also better. 
So an alternating high knee hug, you can do this standing in place or you can do this traveling. Okay, what you want to do is gently pull one knee into your chest while the other, while you're balancing on the other leg. And you want to get your hands, place them below your kneecap and just gently pull in to your chest, then lower it down and alternate pulling the other knee in. And so you're moving through this movement slowly. In the beginning, you might not be able to get that knee up as high because you are a little bit stiff before you run and that joint might be a little bit tight. But as the joint, the hip um, and the SI joints get a little bit more lubricated, you're probably going to be able to move through that range of motion, get a larger range of motion. And so you might be able to pull that knee up a little bit higher towards the chest and a little bit more in. So you want to do about 10 reps of these um, alternating high knee hugs. And I like to say 10 reps is right and left is one rep. Okay, so right knee hug, left knee knee hug, that's gonna be one rep. Cycle through that 10 times. Now the second dynamic stretch I like doing are called traveling toy soldiers. Um, They, this, this specific dynamic stretch is gonna target your hip joints, your glute muscles, your hamstrings, your low back and your calves. Again, it's targeting quite a bit of areas and so um, traveling soldiers I really really like so what a traveling soldier is just imagine envision a toy soldier right they're really they stand up strong they're um, you know very stiff and when they're walking if you've ever seen you know soldiers walk their arms are really straight down by their side and their arms are moving opposite their legs and their legs are coming out very straight in front of them. And so a traveling toy soldier, you're going to keep that leg straight. The goal of this stretch is to keep the leg straight. It's not necessarily to bring that leg up as high as possible. Over time, you might be able to get that leg to come up higher, but I don't want you to compromise um, doing that by bending the knee. You want to keep the leg straight. So you're going to walk like you're a strong soldier with your arms straight down by your sides and kind of alternating with your legs. And you're going to stretch that leg out in front of you with the toes pointing up towards the sky. And you're just going to alternate walking with that leg straight. And you should feel that stretch all along the backside of that leg, specifically the hamstrings and the glutes and the low back and a little bit in the calves because you are pointing your feet up towards the sky. You're not pointing them. You're not flicking the knee. Um, You're not leaning forward um, with your upper body. You're very upright like a soldier. And it's all about getting that leg out in front of you straight with the toes pointing up. Okay. I'd suggest you do about 20 reps. You're traveling doing these ones. So you can kind of travel through a parking lot. You can travel down a sidewalk. Um, You can travel down a dirt path, wherever you're at, and do about 20 reps of these. The third dynamic stretch I recommend you do um, before a run, and again, these dynamic stretches can also be done after a run, and I do some of them after a run as well, um, and they feel really, really good. Um, So the third dynamic stretch is a forward-facing pendulum swing. Now, pendulum swings target the hip joints, the SI joints, the glute muscles, and the groin. So what I like to do is either place my hands on my vehicle or a wall. If I'm near a wall, I'm facing it and I'm swinging one leg. I'm balancing on, let's just say my left leg and I'm swinging my right leg out to the side and then across in front of that left leg. And it's just like a pendulum. 
you're swinging it out. You want to keep those toys, toes pointing forward towards your car, towards the wall, or whatever it is you're holding onto. And you just kind of swing that leg out to the side, increasing that range of motion as you warm up and that motion gets a little bit bigger. And I love, love, love pendulum swings. But I do recommend you do the forward facing pendulum swings because it's really good for the hips and the glutes. And those are the prime movers when we are running, okay? So I'd suggest you do 20 on each side of those. Now, moving on to static go-tos, static stretches that are my go-tos. Um, these are very simple. There's three of them again. Um, all of these exercises or stretches I'm going over in each of the categories, there's three to do of each. They do not take a lot of time. Um, but I do have a whole at-home post-run stretching routine, but for the sake of time and efficiency, and I want you to actually do them after a run, I do like to keep it to three post-run stratic stretches. And so the three are the simple quad stretch, inverted V, and praying frog, as I call it. Now, many of you guys are very familiar with a simple quad stretch. There are two ways to do it. Um, and so basically what it is, if you are not familiar with it, I'm gonna walk you through it. Um, you're gonna balance on, let's just say your left foot. You might need to be near something to hold on to it because your balance might be off, but you're gonna balance on your left foot, for example. You're gonna reach back and you're gonna grab your right ankle with your right hand and you're stretching your right quad if you're doing it that way. Now, if you hold the right foot or the right ankle with the right hand, you're gonna get a stretch that's more down the center of that thigh. But if you want to grab that right ankle with your left hand instead, you're gonna stretch more of the quad muscle at an angle. So kind of experiment with, you know, just same, same leg, um, same hand or opposite hand to ankle and see, notice the difference in that stretch. Now with static stretches, as I mentioned before, these are stretches that you're holding. So you're only doing these after a run and you, it's good to hold them anywhere from 15 to 45 seconds. And then you're going to do that on each side, 15 to 45 seconds. You decide. The second static stretch that I like to do, and it feels super good, is the inverted V. So this inverted V is great for your hamstrings, your low back, your spine, your upper back, your neck, and your calves. And sometimes with running, you may find that you get tense in your neck. It's generally because you're probably tense in your shoulders and you're not running relaxed um, with your upper body. So this stretch is really good for hamstrings, low back, spine, upper back, neck, and calves. So what you want to do is you want to step your feet away as wide as possible. You want to slowly fold your body forward, placing your hands on either your ankle. So your right hand on your right ankle, left hand on your left ankle, or both hands on the ground in, in the center. And you want to drop your head. You want to drop your neck. You want to just let that upper body be very relaxed. Let gravity just pull it down into the ground and breathe through it. In the beginning, you might not be able to go as far, um, but over time, as your body and your muscles eventually lengthen and relax and release any kind of tension, you might be able to move a little bit further down to the ground with maybe your forearms placed on the ground. You might be able to widen your stance even more and get a deeper stretch in your hamstrings, your glutes, your low backs, your calves. Um, but 
you know, the nice thing with this inverted V is you're taking, um, when we're running, we're compressing that spine, right? With the impact going up and down. And what's nice with these inversion stretches is it really opens up that low back and it releases that compression on the spine. So it's really, really nice. This one I do like to hold for at least 30 to 45 seconds. Sometimes I'll hold it for 30 seconds and then I'll kind of open up the stretch, get a little further to the ground and then hold it for another 30 to 45 seconds while focusing on your breath. So that's the second static go-to stretch that I like to do. The third and final static stretch is what I call praying frog. I believe it's a yoga pose, but I don't really remember the name of the yoga pose. I just call it praying frog because that's what it reminds me of. Um, what you want to do is you want to squat down into kind of a, a frog position where your knees are turned out um, and your feet are turned out. And you want to start by squatting in a position that allows both your heels to touch the ground. And for a lot of people, that means you kind of have to widen your stance. The closer your heels get together underneath kind of your pelvic region and your glutes in that squat position, the harder it is to get those heels to touch the ground. So start out with the feet a little wider out at an angle so that your heels can actually touch the ground. Hold your hands in a prayer position and get those elbows and push back on the inside of your knees gently, okay? So you're kind of in this squatted position, pretending you're praying, gently using the elbows to push back on the knees with the, the knees and the feet turned out and your heels touching the ground. This stretch is super great for low back, opening up the heels, and really what's nice is stretching out the Achilles tendons and your calves, which are going to get super tight with running, okay? So hold this stretch for 30 seconds, then maybe try and bring your heels in a little closer and then try and get them down further on the ground. The other thing that this is really great with is ankle mobility. And in a future episode, I'll talk with you about ankle mobility and how it helps your running form. Um and a lot more power in your, your stride. But um, praying frog is really great for ankle mobility. And for some of you, might, you might find a slight burning sensation on the front of your legs like your shins. So it, it can also stretch out your shins. And it also, um, if you have super tight ankles, it might be a little uncomfortable. So that's where you, you might need to open up that, that squat position and not have your heels as close. So those are all the stretches. I appreciate you like hanging with me on explaining all of them. And I hope that you'll come back and kind of listen in again as I explain them, if you're not familiar and kind of practice going through them. But if you've noticed, um, you know, all of these types of stretches, like I said, you know, I gave you three and honestly, they take less than five minutes. If you look at the amount of time I suggested specifically for those static stretches, they're going to take you less than five minutes to do. And I would love to think that you have five minutes to bust out these after your runs. And I promise your body will thank you and your future runs will thank you too. So please don't skip out on your stretches after your run. Now, I hope that I was able to clearly explain how to create a simple and efficient stretching routine before and after your runs, and I hope that you know why you don't want to skip out on them, um, but I hope that you will consider using them and building consistency 
before and after every one of your runs. And heck, your workouts too. These are all still great to do before and after a strength workout, um, before and after you get on your bike, um, and, and any other type of activities you do. They're not just for running, but these are specific to runners and um, because you are the runner that I care most about. And so I hope that you will, you know, build consistent consistency with them, um, consider using them, practice using them. And um, I hope that they help you to feel better. And I hope that they help you with your recovery, your running form, and really just making sure you do not get injured. Um, so as I wrap up this episode, um, and as I, you know, move into closing things out, I really wanted to, to say something, um, that I've been wanting to say for the last gosh, couple episodes, but, um, I really want to thank you for listening, um, not only to this episode specifically, but to all the ones before it's pretty crazy to think that I started this podcast almost three months ago. And there are many of you listening in from around the world. It blows my mind. I have, you know, some of you guys listening in from other parts of the world, the UK, Canada, Germany, Pakistan, just to name a few, which is pretty awesome. I feel really honored and grateful that you have taken time away from your busy schedule to listen in. And I know many of you are also listening in from around the U.S., um, I will have to say there are so many of you from Ohio and Arizona. Um, I want to give a special shout out to all of you in Columbus, Ohio and Alhambra, Arizona. You guys, those two cities, Columbus and Alhambra, I tell you, I have so many of you guys listening in and I love it. And so thank you. Thank you to all of you guys from around the world, around the United States and all the many cities. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate it and I'm grateful that you guys are finding value in what I am putting out each week. Um, I thought about doing this podcast, you know, for many years, I think it was back in 2018 and I didn't have the guts until finally, um, you know, almost three months ago. And so I'm grateful that you're listening in each and every week. I get excited to put together this information for you and, I would love it, you know, if you would do a couple things for me and um, if you would write a review on this podcast from whatever app you're listening from, that would be fantastic. But even more importantly, um, if you would like me to create episodes on specific topics that you are wanting to learn more about or areas that you're struggling with, I would love it. I, I would love for you to seriously email me. I answer all my emails. I'd love to have an email from you pop into my inbox. And so email me at um, Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A, at PamelaOtero.com. Pretty simple. My name is P-A-M-E-L-A, last name O-T-E-R-O. So email me at Pamela at PamelaOtero.com. Or if it's easier, you can send me a private message on Facebook at Hey Coach Pamela. So, you know, log into Facebook, type in at Hey Coach Pamela. I will pop up, send me a message. Let me know what type of topics, what specific topics um, you would like me to create episodes around, what you'd like to learn more about, what you're struggling with. I am here to help you. That is why I created this podcast because I want to provide value and I want to help you along your running journey. And so, please drop me a quick email. It doesn't have to be extensive. Just share with me who you are, where you're from, and what you'd like to hear more about. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to help you in any way possible. So 
Until next week, my friends, please go grab those running shoes, lace up, and go enjoy the outdoors. Bye.